This episode contains disturbing content, including conversations of homicide, mistreatment of corpses, and language around autopsies. Please take care while listening. Katrina Gay was very close with her mother, Joanna. They both lived in Newport News, Virginia, and they had dinner together once a week. She was very friendly, fun-loving, loved family, loved animals. She was just a really great person, and she was my best friend. Katrina's mother was diagnosed with adult asthma at the age of 64. But other than the asthma diagnosis, she was healthy, strong. So it was a shock to Katrina in May of 2018 when her mother was suddenly hospitalized. She was on the ventilator. Um, She was there for a little over two weeks, and then she passed away. In the blink of an eye, Katrina's life turned upside down. How had her mother died so suddenly? Was it because of the asthma or something else? She wanted answers, a reason for how this had happened. Her mother's death certificate listed respiratory failure as the cause of death. But to Katrina, that wasn't the whole picture. Being that she passed kind of fairly rapidly and due to her age, I just wanted to make sure there was nothing underlying or something we missed that was going on. And I felt like I wasn't going to have peace of mind totally until I had the autopsy and they could go in depth. Katrina told me that the hospital where her mother died does offer autopsies. But in the days immediately after her mother's death, she was so overcome with grief that she didn't think about having one done. By the time she decided she did want an autopsy, her mother's body was at a local funeral home. So she contacted the funeral home and they referred her to a private autopsy company called National Autopsy Services. Katrina called the owner right away, a man named Sean Parcells. I felt like he's knowledgeable and he was even like remorseful. He was like, I'm sorry for your loss. I know this must be hard for you. And this must be a hard time. I want to make this as easy as possible. Sean Parcells was based in Topeka, Kansas, quite a ways from Newport News, Virginia. But Sean said the distance was not an issue since they were a national company and they had facilities across the country. He would personally come to Virginia and conduct the autopsy. So Katrina paid Sean around $3,000 for the autopsy, and then she waited. A week went by. Two weeks. I had to, you know, still delay my mom's funeral until he could get out here to do it. Katrina planned to have her mother's body cremated. But of course, she had to wait until after the autopsy. She wanted to have her mother's ashes at the funeral. She called Sean to get an ETA on the autopsy, but he was ambiguous. He would say, okay, well, I'm going to be there in the next couple weeks. And then he would say, oh, I have to delay it for something else. And then I would call him and say, you know, it's, it's been two or three weeks and you keep putting it off. Do you have a definite time frame? So I went ahead and planned her memorial service while I was still waiting for him to do the autopsy. Katrina had to move forward with the funeral without her mother's remains present, without knowing what it was exactly that had killed her mother. When we have a loved one pass, there isn't much that can make us feel solace. But sometimes having an answer as to how they died is a small peace of mind, a small comfort 
in the face of such loss. But for those who worked with Sean Parcells, they would only come away with more questions. It's like, you pretty much went in there and cut up my mom's body, and do you even know what you were doing? She would eventually ask the question, who is Sean Parcells really, and what did he do to my mother's body? What Katrina didn't know is that she was one of many people who had been unknowingly wrapped up in a larger scheme, a scheme that preyed on people who had just lost their loved ones. From Cast Media, this is The Opportunist. This is Sean Parcells, The Assistant. A story told in one episode. I'm Hannah Smith. The Opportunist has a bonus episode coming out next week, exclusively on Cast Plus. In 2015, Anna March took the L.A. literary scene by storm. A wealthy, successful writer known for her provocative essays and her involvement with activism-focused nonprofits. But as money started to disappear, people around her wondered, is anything about Anna March real? Subscribe to Cast Plus to listen to this exclusive bonus episode of The Opportunist completely ad-free. That's castmedia.com slash cast plus, cast with a K. Follow, rate, and review The Opportunist on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music. In 2009, Noah Mays was elected coroner of a small county in Missouri, close to the Kansas border. A coroner's job is to determine the cause of death of a deceased person. Noah told me that not every death requires an autopsy. He said sometimes it's just a matter of looking at medical records. If they've got an extensive cardiac history and the family states he had chest pain before he went to bed and then he died, it's safe to assume that it was a cardiac-related incident. But other times, the cause of death is not so clear. If it comes down to it to where the coroner can't figure it out on his own, he'll hire out for an autopsy. Noah doesn't do the actual autopsies himself because he isn't a pathologist. So when Noah had a reason to order an autopsy, he had to contract that work out. His county is small. They don't have the budget for a medical examiner. And Noah had been going to the more metropolitan Jackson County for autopsies, but they were oftentimes backed up and it could take weeks to have an autopsy done. Then, in 2009, Noah met a man with a private autopsy company, Parcells Forensic Pathology. The man was named Sean Parcells, and he wanted Noah's business. He was a very, very well-dressed individual. At the time that I first met him, uh, he was clean-shaved, clean-cut, very outgoing personality, very friendly. Sean Parcells was stocky with a square jaw and curly brown hair. He had the presence of someone educated, knowledgeable. He seemed to be this savvy businessman. He stated he worked for the Jackson County Medical Examiner's Office prior to going out on his own. So he was well-versed in Missouri law and statues when it come to autopsies. What was your understanding of what his job title was? Forensic pathologist assistant. 
is what he has stated he was. Sean ran and operated the autopsy business. He hired pathologists to do the actual autopsies. But Sean was the pathology assistant. He was there for the autopsies. He kept records. He sent samples off to labs and wrote up reports. Parcell's forensic pathology was appealing to Noah for a couple of reasons. Sean told Noah that he could turn around autopsies way faster than Jackson County. He could do them within just a couple of days. And he quoted Noah a vastly cheaper price, about $1,000 less per autopsy. So the next time Noah had a reason to request an autopsy, he called Sean Parcells. Sean asked Noah to transport the body to his autopsy lab in Topeka, Kansas. Noah asked if he could come and observe the autopsy process, and Sean agreed. I traveled down to Topeka to watch the autopsy, and there was a medical pathologist there, a medical doctor who performed it. it was a Dr. Freelander. They did the autopsy. I got the preliminary report about two weeks later. And how did everything look? It looked fine. I had Dr. Freelander's signature on it, so as far as I was concerned, that his uh, statement of cause of death was legit. Sean had delivered on his promises, quick results for a good price. So Noah continued to hire him. He used Parcell's forensic pathology for five more autopsies between 2009 and 2011. And it was the same every time. Quick results signed off by the pathologist, Dr. Friedlander. That is, until May of 2011. We had a case uh, in my county that I was pretty sure I knew what the cause of death was. Family, unfortunately, didn't want to accept that and had requested that uh, I have an autopsy performed. There are a lot of reasons why someone might request an autopsy. Sometimes it's needed for life insurance claims or to file a wrongful death suit. Other times, it's more emotional. It's about peace of mind, finding answers. In this particular case, Noah had determined the cause of death was an overdose. But the family wanted a second opinion, scientific proof of the cause of death. So Noah called Sean Parcells, and he scheduled a time to bring the body to Topeka, Kansas. He arrived at Sean's autopsy lab, but when he brought the body inside, the place looked strange different than before. We went in and there was a stainless steel table. And then on the walls, there was jars of specimens that he had collected from previous cases. Typically, human specimens are stored away in refrigerators. But Sean had them all around, out in the open, seemingly on display. There was hearts, there was tissue samples, There was actual brains in jars with formaldehyde labeled with the case numbers and stuff like that. And it was just surprising to see those kind of samples just sitting out on the shelves of this little building that we were in. I had never seen that before, and I had never seen it at Jackson County when I used them. So it was, uh, in my opinion, abnormal. Even stranger was that Dr. Friedlander wasn't anywhere to be seen. Dr. Friedlander had always been the one to perform the autopsies, as far as Noah knew. It was Dr. Friedlander's signature on all the reports, after all. And then, to Noah's surprise, Sean began performing the autopsy. I asked him 
you know, hey, where's the pathologist? And he says, well, he says, it's okay if I do it. I just have to run my notes through a pathologist and have him sign the final report. I thought that was a little odd, but I assumed that he would be more in tune with the legal aspects of autopsy since, you know, he owned the company. Laws around autopsies vary state to state, so it can be hard to keep track of which laws apply when and where, especially with bodies crossing state lines. But in Kansas, where they were located, a pathologist legally has to be present for an autopsy to be valid. But Noah wasn't familiar with Kansas law since he lived in Missouri. And he trusted that since Sean owned and operated an autopsy business, that Sean would be the expert on the laws. Weeks went by. I called him for a preliminary report. He says, yeah, Dr. Freelander will sign it. I'll get it to you. I said, okay, that's great. But when I got the preliminary report, it was another doctor's name on the report. Noah thought it was odd that the report came back with a different doctor's signature. But this was just the preliminary report. He figured the final report would be reviewed and signed by Dr. Friedlander, as always. And so when I got the final report, gosh, it was probably three or four months later, which was abnormal for his service. I got that report and it had another doctor's name on it. This final report had yet another doctor's name on it. Someone Noah had never heard of. So Noah looked up this doctor and called him. I personally ended up contacting that doctor and asking if he had known anything about this autopsy or anything, and he said no. He didn't really go into depth or anything like that, but he advised me that he would absolutely not be doing any autopsies with Parcell's Forensic Pathology Group. Noah wasn't sure exactly what was going on, but he did know that this autopsy was invalid. What happens to the family in that situation? Because it sounds like they had been wanting more answers. What were they left with? I did get the lab results back on that particular case, and it did show what we thought the cause of death would be. And so I was confident in myself as certifying that cause of death to be what we initially had thought showing the family the lab results and explaining to them everything, they, they finally accepted the cause of death on that one. Now, had I not have got the lab results, I'm not sure what we'd have done. Noah didn't pay Sean for that last autopsy, and he never worked with him again. But Sean Parcells continued to operate. I wanted to know what was really going on with Sean Parcells. What was he doing? And so I looked for the doctor who he'd worked with, Dr. Friedlander. My name is Edward Robert Friedlander. I'm a licensed physician. I'm a board-certified anatomic and clinical pathologist. Dr. Edward Friedlander worked with Sean Parcells on 350 autopsy cases. But their working relationship was cut short after Sean made a fateful decision. Subscribe to Cast Plus to listen ad-free with bonus episodes at castmedia.com slash castplus. You can follow, rate, and review The Opportunist on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference. So thank you.
Creating visual content is an essential part of what I do, but the creative process hasn't always been easy. I have to create social media posts, videos, and the thing is, is that I'm an audio podcaster, so I don't have a lot of experience creating visual content. It is a steep learning curve for me. But since I found Canva for Teams, it's been so easy to collaborate and design with my team, which makes the whole process just so much more creative and fun. Canva for Teams is a design platform that makes it easy for anyone to create stunning content in any format, from social media posts, videos, presentations, and websites. The endless templates and premium fonts, photos, graphics, and videos add personality and edge to my team's content. With features designed for brand consistency, Canva for Teams makes it easy to maintain your aesthetic and add your logos, fonts, colors, you know, anything you want to create. Canva for Teams also has a video editor, and it's so easy to use. There's tons of filters, animations, and transitions that are really cool, creative, fun, and will bring your group's content to life. I think the video editor is one of my favorite aspects of Canva for Teams. Collaborate with Canva for Teams. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you go to canva.me opp. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash O-P-P for a free 45-day extended trial. Canva dot me slash O-P-P. I don't know about you, but I love a long weekend or any kind of weekend. And uh, I spend a lot of time resting. But now you can get the rest that you deserve with help from our friends at Brooklinen. They make luxurious home essentials. And for a limited time, you can save on all things comfort during their President's Day sale. Brook Linen sources only the best materials for their products so that you can drift off without a care. With high quality materials comes coziness and longevity, so investments in your space last. Products like Brook Linen's duvet covers and comforters are just a couple fan favorites. Comforters are the cloud soft foundation for a dream bed, while the duvet covers are the easiest way to refresh your bedroom's look. I have Brook Linen sheets and I love them so much. I got the classic core sheet set in graphite and steel Oxford stripe. I had been feeling like I wanted nicer sheets, like I wanted to just elevate my bed and make it look nicer and also more comfortable. And these Brooklinen sheets have really accomplished that. They look amazing and they feel great. Don't sleep on savings. Brooklinen's President Day sale is happening now. Listening after the sale? Get the deals of your dreams at brooklinen.com with promo code OPP. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N dot com with code O-P-P. Back in the late 2000s, Dr. Friedlander was a professor at Kansas City University. He was the chair of the pathology department. If there's one thing that's very apparent about Dr. Friedlander, it is that he is passionate about autopsies. It should be your basic right to uh, know what happened to your loved one to get the truth. Dr. Friedlander has spent his life teaching and performing autopsies. He believes that every person should have the right to get an autopsy done on their deceased loved one. But Dr. Friedlander also witnessed a change in the way the medical field approaches autopsies. They are not always granted, and over the years, it has become harder and harder to get an autopsy done. Nowadays, they'll probably discourage you from getting an autopsy. A hospital will probably discourage you or they may even refuse you. When I was in training, it was a sacred right. 
There are a lot of reasons for this, but one of them is concerns over lawsuits. Let's say an autopsy reveals that a patient was given too little or too much of a medication or the wrong treatment, or maybe a doctor made a misdiagnosis. This could lead to a malpractice lawsuit. So hospitals have generally become more discretionary about offering autopsies. And Dr. Friedlander has witnessed this change over time, and he strongly disagrees with it. And so when Sean Parcells approached him around 2010 and told him that he was opening a private autopsy business and he needed a pathologist to partner with, Dr. Friedlander was very interested. When I asked Dr. Friedlander how he originally met Sean, he basically said Sean liked to hang out at the morgue. It's kind of hard to hear what he says in this next clip, but he says, Sean was buffing, by which he means Sean was a passionate person interested in pathology. Sean was buffing. Basically, he's a young adult who just liked to hang out. Like a person may buff with the police, he just hang out with the officers. He liked to hang out with the morgue personnel. And he hung out with other pathologists, and I let him hang out with me. Sean eventually became a pathologist assistant. At the time, this didn't require any specific schooling. He simply learned on the job. And Sean also observed the trend happening in the medical community, that it was increasingly difficult to get an autopsy. Of course, there were private autopsy companies, but they charged upwards of $5,000 per autopsy. So Sean Parcells had an idea. He would start his own autopsy company, but he would only charge $3,000 for an autopsy. He pitched it to Dr. Friedlander as a way for them to offer families more affordable autopsies. And Dr. Friedlander loved this idea. To him, it sounded like a public service. Sean offered to pay Dr. Friedlander, but Dr. Friedlander didn't need the money. He was on salary at the school and he was doing just fine. So they agreed that he would take a small fee, $500 per autopsy, and that money would be donated to the school. Sean and I, I think, brought a lot of happiness and a lot of closure for a lot of people. And I think we did a really good thing for the public. I do a good autopsy. It was wonderful to be able to talk to families, to comfort families, to write notes, to share what happened to their loved one. Dr. Friedlander performed the autopsies while Sean assisted. 10 cases turned into 100 cases and more. They were successful. Dr. Friedlander brought his students in and used these autopsies as teaching opportunities. Dr. Friedlander also said something to me that I think is really important. Along with the fact that he believes an autopsy should be a sacred right for everyone, he also enjoys doing them. He's good at it. He loves a puzzle. And performing an autopsy is kind of the ultimate puzzle. And he said he feels a great sense of satisfaction when he figures out the cause of death and he can relay that to the family members. He includes personalized notes to the families in his autopsy reports. So maybe this is why Dr. Friedlander continued to work with Sean Parcells for hundreds and hundreds of autopsies, even though Sean stopped paying him after only two autopsies. He was going to pay $500 per case uh, for my, uh, my services at the school. He actually paid for the first two. The other 348 he didn't. But over time, it started to seem like Sean saw himself as the pathologist. Dr. Friedlander told me this story about a homicide case he and Sean worked on. 
They were asked to appear before a grand jury to discuss the autopsy results. Sean went in and talked in front of the grand jury for a very long time. I just sat there. Dr. Friedlander waited for the prosecutor to call him so that he could address the court as well. But when Sean came out, they were wrapping up. He said, hey, we can go. So I think that the prosecutor thought he was the pathologist and I was the autopsy assistant. And uh, Sean should really have corrected that misunderstanding. The gentlemanly thing to do would be to say, well, the real pathologist is waiting outside the room. Sean portrayed himself as the pathologist, which was a lie by omission. But Dr. Friedlander also didn't step in and correct him. Another time, Dr. Friedlander invited Sean to fly with him in a small Cessna he owned. Dr. Friedlander was taking flying lessons. Well, Sean convinced both Dr. Friedlander and his flight instructor to let Sean fly the plane. He told them he had plenty of experience flying. But once they were up in the air, the flight instructor had to take over flying the plane. Sean did not know what he was doing. It was a wake-up for me. And I said, maybe, maybe Sean is, uh, maybe he's the kind of person who pretends to know more than he actually does. Clearly, Sean could be convincing. After he and Dr. Friedlander had been working together for some time, a case came in, a car accident. They needed an autopsy done right away. Dr. Friedlander was out sick, but Sean told him he would go perform the autopsy by himself. Sean says, here is what we can do. It's a very simple case. I will do the case. I will take the photos. I will then bring all the photos back to you. You review the photos. We'll do the report together. And I said, Sean, are you sure that's legal? Are you sure that's right? And he says, yes. Dr. Friedlander admitted to me that he deferred to Sean Parcells when it came to the specific legal requirements, since Sean was the business owner. And as hard as it is to believe, he assumed that it was legal for Sean to perform an autopsy without a doctor present. It is hard to believe. But Sean had also convinced a pilot to let him fly a plane without a license, And he convinced a courtroom that he was a pathologist when he wasn't. But then, one month later, Dr. Friedlander received a summons from the Missouri Board of Registration for the Healing Arts, accusing him of perjury and signing a false affidavit. Sean had represented that I had been physically present for the autopsy, and that was not true. He also uh, signed my name. He'd forged my signature. And I said, whoa, I never signed this, and I was not physically present. And how did you feel when you saw that? Betrayed. I can't think of any reason for him to have represented that I was there because I was not. I hate to say it, but that that was the end of our friendship. This means that Sean Parcells performed an autopsy by himself. He then forged Dr. Friedlander's signature on the report and sent it out. After this, he cut ties with Sean. He said he never spoke with him again. But Sean Parcells was just getting started. In 2014, he worked on a very high-profile case that got him a lot of attention, the private autopsy of Michael Brown. Here he is being interviewed by Nancy Grace. Now I have with me one of the experts who helped perform the autopsy itself on Michael Brown. Sean, thank you for being with us. Sean, forensic consultant, joining us tonight out of Kansas City. Sean, I understand. Can I see the... um, To be clear, Sean did not do the autopsy on Michael Brown's body. That was done by a pathologist. It was legal and valid. But Sean was one of the assistants on the case, and his involvement 
thrust him into the spotlight. He was quick to use this as a chance to self-promote, accepting interview requests. During one interview, he introduced himself as Professor Sean Parcells. CNN reporters looked into this claim that he was a professor and found it to be untrue. So you call yourself a professor? Yes. Where are you a professor? I'm I'm an adjunct professor at Washburn University in Topeka, Kansas. Washburn University says that's not true. Okay, I have a contract that states that it is true. Can you show us that contract? I can. But he never sent us that contract showing he was an adjunct professor. Sean had started a series of businesses over the years, including Parcells Regional Forensic Services, Parcells Forensic Pathology, Kansas Forensics, Parcells and Company LLC. Each time he ran into scrutiny or had too many unpaid debts, he started a new business. At the end of 2015, Sean Parcells was deeply in debt. He owed thousands of dollars to toxicology labs across the U.S., including almost $40,000 to the American Institution of Toxicology. He filed for Chapter 13 bankruptcy in December of 2015. But the next year, in 2016, he then started a brand new company called National Autopsy Services. In May of 2018, Katrina Gay did not think her mother was in danger of dying. True, her mother had been living with adult asthma for two years, but it was manageable. She was only 66 and pretty spry. Yet here Katrina was, planning her mother's funeral. She kept thinking, how could this have happened? I was like, what might have triggered that or what was going on? to get that diagnosis so late in life and to be that brutal to be on the ventilator that long. I hadn't seen that a lot in my career in healthcare. So I just wasn't familiar enough with that to be like, okay, you know, she died of respiratory failure and case closed. It's like, no, I think something else is going on. I just wanted to know. Katrina wanted to know if there was something else that contributed to her mother's death, like an undiagnosed hereditary disease that she would need to be aware of. National Autopsy Services came recommended by the funeral home, and from what Katrina could tell, it looked like a reputable place with a national presence. By this point, Sean had been running the company for over two years, working on cases all across the country. She had already paid Sean Parcells over $3,000 to perform the autopsy. And when she first spoke with him, He used all the right medical terminology. He sounded professional, knowledgeable. He explained that he would perform the autopsy, leading Katrina to believe that he was a pathologist. He basically said he was going to do the full autopsy and then like the certain, um, like with the respiratory, with the lungs, what he would do as far as samples. But Sean took so long to fly to Virginia to perform the autopsy that Katrina had moved forward with her mother's funeral. And still, she waited. I think the funeral home had tried to get in contact with him to see what the delay was. And I don't think they could get a clear-cut answer from him, too. So I finally got a date from him about, I think it was like four to six weeks out. And then one day, without any heads up, the funeral home in Virginia called Katrina to say that Sean had arrived, done the autopsy, and left. I remember getting the phone call from the funeral home that he was done, that he had actually been there and did it and was done and had already left. 
Well, I was glad that he finally stuck to a date that he was actually here to do it. Because at that point, my mom had now passed away about six to eight weeks prior. Katrina had her mother's body cremated. And then she waited to get the autopsy results. After a few weeks, she followed up with Sean to see if there was any progress. I would just kind of email just to see where we were at with results. And he would be like, well, uh, I'm working on it. You know, these things take time. Uh, I'll get you the results. And then sometimes I would email and it would go unanswered, like for weeks. Months went by. Katrina left multiple messages at Sean's office in Topeka, Kansas. She spoke to a receptionist a few times, but getting Sean to call her back felt impossible. And this went on for months, back and forth, and then the communication just stopped. My emails weren't being answered. My phone calls weren't being returned. When I would call the main line, the voicemail was full, and that's when I got, like, the most uneasy feeling. Katrina told me that the delay in getting the results weighed on her. She said it prolonged her grieving process. At this point, she was approaching the one-year anniversary of her mother's death. And still, she had no autopsy report. Usually someone passes, you have a funeral or cremation or a service, and then you can move on a little bit, you know? And for me, it was like I was still stuck, and it was like she had just died all over again. And then one day, Katrina got an idea. She reached out to her local news station, WAVY-TV10. Reporters got in touch immediately. Last year, Katrina Gay hired National Autopsy Services to do the autopsy on her mom. A year later, she's still waiting for the report, and we quickly learned that she's not alone. The truth of Sean's actions was about to be laid out in the open, and the impact would be bigger than Katrina could have imagined touching hundreds of lives, and even calling into question a homicide case. What is your love language? Is it physical touch? How about time together with your partner? People get turned on in all different kinds of ways, and Dipsy has invented a whole new love language with sexy stories for whatever mood you're in. Dipsy is a really cool app. It is full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. You can discover stories about you know, a second chance romance or an adventurous vacation fling or a hot and heavy hookup. It's radically inclusive. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of stories are voice acted by people of color. New content is released every week, so in between listening back to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories that you can read. And they have some great celebrity voices, too. They have stories voiced by Serranus J. Jackson, ER Fightmaster, and Luke Cook, just to name a couple. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com OPP. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A Stories dot com slash opp dipsystories.com slash opp 
Parcells has been in the news all over the country. Families claiming the same thing as gay. No reports after autopsies or autopsies never performed at all. WAVY-TV10 called Sean Parcells during their reporting for the segment. He didn't agree to an interview, but he did mention Katrina's mother's autopsy to the news station. He told us that he had a contract to do the gay autopsy in Newport News, and he'd hoped to have the report out by the end of last year. He tells us that's when he got sick and ended up in the hospital. I never knew he was sick. He never mentioned it in any email. It was not in any phone call. I didn't know what was going on with him. The news story spread, but still Katrina received no autopsy report. She was surprised to find out that there were many others out there like her. Another local family here where I live saw my story and she contacted me and said, you know, he, I paid him to do my daughter's autopsy years ago. And I think her daughter is like four or five. It was very shocking to hear that he had been doing this for that long. The local Kansas City News, KCTV, picked up on the story about National Autopsy Services and actually visited Sean Parcell's lab in Topeka. Parcells gave us a tour. He's proud of this back alley autopsy lab. So this is our, the autopsy suite. There's carpet on the floor, what appears to be a lack of organization, and this is how containers are labeled in stores. In the video, specimen containers are out in the open, along with paperwork and office supplies. The place looks messy. Containers look like leftover Tupperware labeled with black magic marker. Still, Sean leads the tour as though everything is totally normal. All these tissues that we have in the facility are correctly labeled. Um, Some of these cases are homicides. We agreed to not record a woman's body that was unwrapped and unrefrigerated in the back corner. And it couldn't be because there's no walk-in refrigerator inside this makeshift morgue. Only two small freezers that could be purchased at any big box store. KCTV confronted Sean about missing autopsy reports and about his credentials. Sean claimed that a new doctor had been supervising his autopsies. But then when they looked into that, the doctor had never actually heard of him. Then Sean claimed that there were other pathologists that he worked with. Here he is in the interview. I um, had pathologists working with me. Some of them were out-of-state consultants, which, which is perfectly legal. That would be legal, but there's little evidence that Sean was working with pathologists at all. The National Autopsy Services website does list offices across the country, in New York, Portland, Chicago, but these offices were actually just the funeral homes where Sean had collected samples. Sean said something else in that interview, something that reminded me of what he told Dr. Friedlander. I tell people all the time, I almost became a neurosurgeon. That doesn't mean that I'm a doctor. That doesn't mean that I was in medical school. I really did almost do that. His overconfidence, or perhaps flat-out delusion, depending on how you look at it, was catching up with him. More and more people were coming forward. Complaints had been filed in Indiana, California, and Illinois. Clients had either not received an autopsy report at all, or they received a confusing and flawed report. In one case, Sean claimed that someone's father had an issue with his prostate, but it turns out the man didn't even have a prostate. People were outraged about what had happened to their family's remains. The Kansas Attorney General opened an investigation. 
the Kansas Attorney General, they would keep in contact. Not only did they open a case with him, the FBI had a case with him also with even more families. It turns out Sean's actions affected the outcome of a homicide case. Back in 2012, Sean Parcells performed an autopsy on a man named Robert Forrester. He delivered the final report with Dr. Friedlander's signature on it. When I found this out, I called Dr. Friedlander back. He didn't remember the case, but he said he would look through his files. Now, what I do have is I have my desktop, and I'm going to type in the word Forrester now. Okay, yeah. Oh, here we go. He found the autopsy report on his computer for a Robert Forrester, but he said he could immediately tell that he hadn't written this report. Okay, this is not my writing. This is not how I write. Oh, here we go. Oh, bless his heart. Look at this. This autopsy has been reviewed by, signed up by Edward R. Friedlander. There's no signature. And the list of the pathologist, George Vandermark. So this is just Sean. He can't even remember what pathologist he's pretending to be. Would you let me email you a copy? Dr. Friedlander told me the report was written poorly and it did not provide definitive answers for the cause of death. And notably, it didn't include the personalized note to the family, Dr. Friedlander's signature move. This autopsy was determined to be invalid, which had enormous consequences. In 2012, Robert Forrester, age 74, called 911. He reported that his 23-year-old grandson, Bobby Ray Forrester, physically assaulted him. Robert was taken to the hospital and eventually passed away, presumably as a result of the injuries from the assault. Police took Bobby Ray to a hospital for a mental health evaluation. The assumption was that Bobby Ray would most likely be charged with manslaughter. But because Sean Parcells performed the autopsy himself, and because there was no pathologist's signature on it, it was determined to be invalid, and it couldn't be used as evidence in court. And since they were not able to legally determine the cause of death, Bobby Ray couldn't be prosecuted. He was released after four days. A few months later, he assaulted his grandmother, Beverly Forrester, and was sentenced to four years in prison. CNN actually interviewed sheriff's deputies about the Robert Forrester case, and the deputies essentially said Sean had convinced them that he was a pathologist. So he introduced himself as, as a pathologist, as a medical doctor. That is correct. And he seemed believable. Very well. So. Yes. I mean, you two are both experienced law enforcement officers, and even you were duped. That's right. The deputies say without a medical doctor's signature on Robert Forrester's autopsy report, it's not valid. Bobby Ray Forrester was released from prison after serving his time. But then, in 2017, he assaulted and killed his grandmother. He was arrested and pleaded guilty to killing 77-year-old Beverly Forrester. He is currently serving a life sentence. I got in touch with a family member, Annie Roseberry. Beverly Forrester was her aunt. She didn't want to do a recorded interview, but she sent me a statement. This is what it says. Had the autopsy not been botched, Bobby would have been behind bars and would not have brutally murdered my Aunt Bev in parentheses, his grandma. Bobby should have been locked up for assaulting Bob. Aunt Bev was afraid of him, but felt sorry for him. He got out, 
was on drugs and snapped on my poor elderly aunt. If an actual pathologist had done the autopsy of Robert Forrester, it is likely that Beverly Forrester would never have been murdered. Sean Parcells was court-ordered to stop performing autopsies in the state of Kansas, and then he was indicted on November 18, 2020, on 10 counts of wire fraud. Most significantly, he faces 10 federal charges involving more than a million dollars. Additionally, he faces 14 violations of the False Claims Act and violations of the Consumer Protection Act involving 82 consumers. The indictment charged that from 2016 to 2019, under the cover of his company, National Autopsy Services, Sean Parcells collected over $1 million from over 375 clients. U.S. attorneys in Kansas alleged that Sean misrepresented his credentials, telling people that a pathologist was always present for his autopsies when they definitely were not. The indictment also charged that he failed to provide legitimate autopsy results, or in cases like Katrina Gay's, any report at all. Many of his victims needed the autopsy report as evidence in wrongful death lawsuits, and as a result, those lawsuits could no longer be pursued. In addition to the federal wire fraud case, Sean also faced three counts of theft and three counts of criminal desecration for autopsies he worked on in Wabunsee County, Kansas. After the indictment, Katrina got an important update. They let me know they found um, a box with my mom's name on it, but they didn't know at the time what was in it. And, you know, she had been gone now like three or four years. So that was hard to deal with. And they said he did produce some kind of report, but like they said, it's not valid. Did you still want to see it or no? I did. And they sent it to me and it, it wasn't descriptive at all. And the samples that he was supposed to take, he didn't. So... Um, I don't know what he actually did when he came here to do her autopsy. I have no idea what he took or what he did. You know, you said that there was some sort of box of something with your mother's name on it. When you said that, I wonder, well, maybe he did take samples that could then be tested, but that wasn't the situation. It was just a couple of vials of her blood. That was it. In order to determine the cause of death, Katrina was told she needed lung samples, tissue from her mother's actual organs, not just blood. This left Katrina with the haunting question of what Sean Parcells did to her mother's body if he didn't do a proper autopsy. I figured, well, you have to be a pathologist to do an autopsy, and I didn't understand how he could do so many without the credentials. You know, it was made me mad because it's like, you pretty much, you know, went in there and cut up my mom's body and do you even know what you were doing? And how could you lie to people at the worst time of their life like that? Katrina had hoped for years to finally get an autopsy report, to finally know what it was that killed her mother. And now she realized that she would never have those answers. For the families like mine, when we had cremation, there's no way to go back and, and redo something like that. Even though I'll never know truly what happened with my mom, it was just the fact that he wasn't going to get to do this to anyone's family again. Sean Parcells pleaded guilty to one count of wire fraud. He was sentenced to almost six years in prison. 
After he has completed his federal sentence, he will then serve one year in county jail and one year on probation in Wabunsee County. He told the judge that when he gets out, he plans to become a pilot. The Opportunist is a cast original podcast. This episode was produced by me, Hannah Smith, along with Paisha Eaton, Natalie Gregory, Kate Mays, and Sarah Dalgleish. Colin Thompson is our executive producer. Anton Doty is our editor and music editor. The show is mixed and mastered by Matt Sewell. The Opportunist show cover art is by Joel Hassemeyer. Our theme song is Waltz for Zachariah from the album Cholet. You can find our merch at theopportunistpodcast.com. Do you have a suggestion for the show, an opportunist you want us to cover? You can email us at theopportunist at castmedia.com. That's cast with a K. Subscribe to Cast Plus to listen ad-free with bonus episodes at castmedia.com slash cast plus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.